So we have been listening to the story of angels. First we heard the story of Zechariah and the appearance of the angel. And then we heard the story of Joseph, I mean Mary. Don't get that out of order. Mary and the angel. And then Joseph and the angel. And today we hear the shepherds, the appearance of the angel to the shepherds. Um, and none of these people were super important um, people of high status, right? Maybe Zechariah, you could argue. But um, the shepherds were of the least important, the least noble of all of these people who the angels appeared to. So we're going to hear the story, and some of you are going to help us as the shepherds and the angels and the heavenly choir hear the story from the book of the Gospel of Luke in the second chapter, um, beginning in verse 1. Let's listen to the story of the birth of Jesus. Around the time of Elizabeth's amazing pregnancy and John's birth, there her in Rome, Caesar Augustus, required everyone in the Roman Empire to participate in massive census. The first census of Centurionians had become governors of Syria. Each person had to go to his or her ancestral city to be counted. Mary's fiance Joseph, from Nazareth in Galilee, had to participate in the census in the same way everyone else did. Because he was a descendant of King David, his ancestral city was Galilee, David's birthplace. Mary, who was now late in her pregnancy, that the messenger Gabriel had predicted, accompanied Joseph. While in Bethlehem, she went into labor and gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped the baby in a blanket and laid him in a feeding trough, because the inn had no room for them. Nearby, Mitchell's outside of Bethlehem, a group of shepherds were guarding their flocks and predators in the darkness of night. Suddenly, a messenger of the Lord stood in front of them, and the darkness was replaced by a glorious one, the shining light of God's glory. They were terrified. Don't be afraid. Listen, I bring good news, news of great joy, news that will affect all people everywhere. Today, in the city of David, a liberator has been born for you. He is the promised anointed one, the supreme authority. This will be a sign for you. You will know you have found him when you see a baby wrapped in a blanket, leading in a feeding trough. Really? That's the sign? At that moment, the first heavenly messenger was joined by thousands of other messengers. A vast heavenly choir. They praise God. To the highest lights of the universe, glory to God and on earth, peace among all people, bring pleasure to God. As soon as the heavenly messengers disappeared into heaven, the shepherds were buzzing with conversation. Let's Let's experience what the Lord has told us about. 
So they ran into town, and eventually they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the feeding trough. After they saw the baby, they spread the story of what they had experienced and what had been said to them about this child. Everyone who heard their story couldn't stop thinking about his mind. Mary, too, pondered all of these events, treasuring each memory in her heart. The shepherds returned to their flocks, praising God for all they had seen and heard, and they glorified God for the way the experience had unfolded, just as the heavenly messenger had predicted. So we might think that story is normal because we've heard it a lot of times, but it's kind of a strange story. And it's kind of a strange experience for these shepherds. Shepherds are people of no account. And in our society, we have clear ideas about who is important and who is unimportant. We have, those are clear ideas in any society, right? In every society, we have a way of saying, these people are really important, and these people don't matter so much, unfortunately. So you become important when you have wealth and power. And we even come up with lists of these people. Forbes comes up with a list of people who are really important. Bloomberg comes up with a list of people that are really important. Next slide. These are really important people, and they matter. And there are people in this world who we say don't really matter, right? There are people who don't have a lot of importance. The people who matter are the politicians, the business people, the people in finance and tech and entertainment, right? Those people are known by lots of people, and they are really important. But you know what? Nobody who had any wealth or power was alerted to the, to the birth of Jesus the night Jesus was born. Nobody of importance was notified that Jesus was born. Herod didn't know. And you might say that those wise travelers who came from the east were people of importance, but they were foreigners. So that doesn't really count either. Right? I mean, these are our standards of people who are important, and they didn't meet them. We have really romanticized this story of the shepherds. And the truth is that they were dirty, smelly guys who weren't really welcome in town. They slept with the animals, and they probably had more than a drink or two on a cold night. They wouldn't be welcome in the temple or the synagogue because their work made them ritually unclean. And yet, they were the ones who the angels appeared to. And they knew before anybody else that Jesus was born. So, you are sitting at tables for a reason. And we're going to um, have a few questions that you're going to discuss with the people at your table. And the first question is, that I'm just going to give you a minute to talk about, is who are the shepherds in our society today? Who fills that role in our society? Who is like the shepherds in our world? 
One minute. like the shepherds? Who are the people of no account in our study? Did you come up with a good answer at your table? Anybody have a good answer? An obvious group of people? The home people who are homeless. Yes. Farm workers, especially migrant farm workers. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Garbage collectors. Porta potty workers. <laughs> yeah. That's real. That's who we're talking about. Those are the people who Jesus' birth was announced to. People that we think of as not that important. So you can imagine that Mary and Zechariah and Joseph were all afraid when an angel appeared to them. Like, they're by themselves, and then suddenly there's an angel with them. That would be terrifying, right? But the shepherds are out just doing what they do every day, and then suddenly one angel appears in the sky, and then more angels appear in the sky, and, and it says in the scripture they were terrified. They were terrified. So the question that I'd like you to talk for a minute about your table is, have you ever been afraid at night? Which um, I'm sure the answer is yes, right? Have we all been afraid at night? And then the, um, the next question is, what makes you feel safe? Or what helps you to not be afraid at night? Um, so you can share strategies. <laughs> around the table of what makes you feel safe at night. So, what's the answer? I'm going to call us back. Does anybody have something that you want to share? about what makes you feel safe at night? Our mouth. Your brother. Does he sleep in the same room with you? Yes. That's what um, James said this morning to his brother, and they sleep in the same room. Yes. Being with other people, not being alone. Yeah. Anybody else? Yes. Light. Yes. <laughs> Turning on the light. When it's dark, yeah. Blankets. Blankets. Yeah. Something to, to hide or to snuggle in. Someone at 9 o'clock related to light said, like, when I know what I'm seeing. Like, if I see something in the dark and it appears to be something scary, and then I turn on the light and I have knowledge, I, have, I understand what it was that I'm afraid of, and I see it for what it really is, not what I imagined it to be. It's important, isn't it, <laughs> to know what we're afraid of, because sometimes there's no reason to be afraid of it, many times. So I'd like us to um, look at this 
picture. I don't know if you've seen this. Um, it is sort of an icon of Mary and Joseph. Um, and I'd like you to just point out something that you notice about the picture. We're going to talk about this all together. What do you see? A payphone. A payphone. <laughs> and a phone book. Outdated anymore. <laughs> and what, what do you think that he's doing with the phone book? Looking for a place to sleep. He doesn't have a, um, a smartphone to help him, so he's using a payphone and a phone book. Yes. And quarters, probably. What else do you notice? Eva? Yes. Why smoke wise man cigarettes? Yeah. The donkey is out of order, or the horse. <laughs> the, the, the mechanical horse is out of order. Yeah. They're not in the best part of town. They're yeah. not in the best part of town. The hotel has a new main manager, manger. <laughs> Free HBO, new manager, manger, yeah. What else do you notice? The star. The star. Irma? The plant that's growing out of the sidewalk. Yeah, new life coming up. It also says, flesh in the graffiti on one side and word on the other word side. And flesh. Word and flesh. Yes. It's raining. It's raining. Not a great time to be standing outside with no place to be. If you saw the paper today, cartoon in the paper today, he's talking to the page who says you're too able-bodied to stay here. You're too able-bodied to stay. <laughs> Anything else? It says glad tidings in the paper, um, and shepherd watches, like watches for sale. <laughs> what does this make you think about Mary and Joseph? They're homeless, without a support system of any kind. Yeah. They didn't plan very well. They didn't plan very well. Or they were forced in a situation where they couldn't. No, plan they just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> if they had, they wouldn't have gotten in this mess. Absolutely. <laughs> a more real view of this is not a romanticized view of Mary and Joseph, but a more real view, yes. Which we can see some, if we go back to those costumes that we put on for 2,000 years ago, we don't see, we don't know who wears what um, to look like they, they are. But here, um, she's wearing Nazareth High School um, shirt, which means, you know, like, you don't wear that once you've grown up. Joseph kind of gives me an idea of like a laborer, somebody who works hard. Right. Joseph has the Jose on his um, lapel that's his work shirt, um, a workman. Yeah. Also, look at how old 
places in Israel as well and they weren't um, the idealized view have, of that probably don't have run down hotels like in America but they have something to they definitely have places that are not where you yes. want to be when, at night in the yes. dark yes. yes so I just invite you to carry this image with you this Christmas um, on your, have some um, prayers that we're going to um, share together, but I'd like you to just take a minute and read these words um, on your own and to pick out the character or the place that you most identify with personally and to um, name that at your table. Um, to choose Mary or Joseph or the shepherds or magi or child or angels or manger um, or a line in that prayer that you particularly like. Just take a minute and read, read through that. Share with your table which line speaks to you. Like out loud. <laughs> Thank you. 
to um, read these words with me as we pray this prayer together. Holy One, prepare your way in me. Give me faith like the stable to know your presence within me. Give me courage like Mary to let your life overwhelm mine. Give me strength like Joseph to protect what is holy, tender, and growing. Give me patience like the shepherds to be still and listen. Give me humility like the Magi to kneel before your presence. Give me trust like the child to let myself be born into a new world. Give me joy like the angels to bring good news to the poor. Give me love like the manger to hold Christ within. Holy One, prepare your way in me. Amen.